Hello and welcome to the Talking Guitar podcast brought to you by the North American Guitar, the home of the world's finest guitars. In this episode, we caught up with our dear friend, Wilma Nickel. We have not spoken to Will for such a long time and it was just a real joy to get on a Zoom call with him and chat about all of the things in Will McNichol's world. We talked about his beautiful new album, of course, the phenomenal venture, The College, as well as what made him pick up his first guitar. Uh, we even managed to have a quick beer together as well. We really hope you enjoyed this one. It certainly was a lot of fun to record. Welcome to TNAG Talking Guitar Podcast. I mean, this feels like, it feels like it's all been leading towards this one. This yeah. has been the one. <laughs> this has been the one that I've been just so excited to finally do with you. Um, oh, dude. I, you know, it, it's, it's been a crazy time. I mean, so much change, so much change. Um, but, you know, in a weird way, um, just for the better in so many ways. I mean, it, of course, was, yeah. it was how do you deal with when something like that happens? You are, you're kind of knocked sideways um, and you think, how do I, okay, well, how do we do this? Um, and um, we've had to make some some tough decisions. And we had to make some some quick decisions. Um, and I'm just I'm just so grateful for the the team that we've got. I mean, we've got I mean, like from everybody, Richard, Annie, Guy, who I don't know if you know, Kim, the team out, Jordan, Lindsay, everybody now that's grown so much. Um, yeah, it's amazing, man. That I'm just like truly humbled by everybody uh, and the the passion and it's just all so much passion about what we do every every day I literally just got off a, um, a quick call with um, Zach who we just about to, Zach from um, is about to, to, to join us um, from Jew awesome. Treehouse Guitars oh yeah nice one yeah fantastic yeah. oh that'd be awesome man. well you know like you say about passion I mean it comes across man in what you've been putting out and it's really yeah it's been awesome to see well but the sad thing is, is we miss those sessions with you, with Stuart, with Ben. I mean, those those were just the laughs that we had. <laughs> there um, were some good times, man. There were some good times. And, you know, I miss that sofa. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to get saving up and buy my own one because it's, it's a good sofa. You know, it's a really good sofa. Oh, mate, I'm glad to see you having a beer. I, I actually have got oh. myself one. Cheers. Cheers. Well, it seems about the time, doesn't it? You know? mm. Down and then I'm normally doing it on American time. So it's really lovely to do oh, it on, course, yeah. on English time so we can actually have a beer. Sure. <laughs> but mate, tell me about um, everything that you've been doing. And I mean, I see you've been, I, I, I very much want to talk to you about the college because that blew my mind. Sure, man. Yeah, that's well, been fun to develop. Out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a bit of a crazy 18 months and um, the college is something that I've had in the back of my head for a long time, right? And as you know, you know, it's difficult to find the hours in the day to sit down and work on new projects, right? And uh, the college was something that kind of demanded a lot of my time. And then, oh, hey, presto, along comes a global pandemic. And all of a sudden, the diary is wiped. And I found myself <laughs> with a few hours in the day, mate. Do you know what I mean? And it was just like, okay, well, we can either get sad about all the cancellations or we can get busy uh, with making the most of this opportunity. So I decided to get busy. And it was really kind of, it was kind of built around the idea of, 
offering you know the students that I already had you know online students um, just a little bit more whilst also trying to offer something that perhaps people who are interested in what I do you know could get even more out of you know my music basically because I had all of this stuff that I developed over many many years you know, doing workshops all over the place and master classes and it just sat in like a filing cabinet and I was yeah. like, you know, this is this huge resource just waiting to be used. So I was like, okay, well, that was the starting point. Let's use that as a bit of a library. And then I was like, okay, well, what, where, where do you find a library? Well, you found a library in a college. And then that, that kind of imagery kind of started spinning in my head. So I was like, well, we could have a lecture theatre. That could be where the videos are. We can have a common room. That's where the students can get together and share ideas. We have a little meet, monthly Zoom meet there every month, which is awesome. Um, you know, little things like the archive, like old recordings of mine that are not available anywhere else anymore. Um, you know, all my backing tracks from working with the string quartet in Otet, my drummer percussionist Luke Selby, all of this stuff, like the whole thing just kind of started falling into place. And, you know, that was, that's the college, you know, it's been fun to work on it. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, in this day and age, it is, uh, you have to be, you have to keep everything that's first and foremost mm -hmm. um but to be able to pivot so quickly because you'd archived everything and because you've been because we used to i mean you and i we'd have brainstorming sessions about well, what can we do what I mean, one of the things that i miss the most about the sessions that we did which i still think is one of the best series that we did that we we only really came up with the idea in february well, we talked mm. about it for ages, but we only did the first couple. Was the composer series? Oh yeah, I so enjoyed that, Ben. Oh mate, I missed that so. I, and do you know, I funnily enough, I was talking about it the other day, and it's one of those things that when we finally can lift up, when this kind of all lifts, I, that is the one thing I'm most excited about getting back to do with you is is the composer series because I think there's nothing like an instrument talking and directing you emotionally with, with the ability that you have. Um, and what, oh, this is what just naturally comes out of me when, yeah. I, when I play this guitar. Um, so I, I think that it was, when I, saw the, when I saw the college go live, I was just like, ah, oh, well done mate, because it was so, it was beautifully put together. Um, it immediately had a feeling of something with gravitas and just, you just wanted to be a part of it. You just, you just, you know, you felt like you wanted to be a part of this family um, that was, was been, going yeah. on. I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, it was, it really was that idea of trying to build some kind of community around these um, ideas that I had brewing, because one of the things that I really missed about the pandemic, I mean, sure, you know, gigs, it's been, that's been really sad. But the thing that I've missed most actually is workshops and that yeah. idea of getting a load of, you know, relatively like-minded musicians into the room together and the sparks that that can, you know, create is awesome. And the college was kind of like the, the next best thing really in trying to offer that way of people coming together. And those monthly Zoom meets of people, I mean, we have people from all over the world, um, which is so cool, you know, getting these different, uh, ideas and influences and things. I mean, we even had um, one student particularly dedicated from the Philippines who managed to join in despite it being like 3 a.m. local time. And he like picked up the guitar and just played us all this, you know, one of my pieces better than I could play it. And I was like, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You're going to make me want to do more practice, man. <laughs> 3 that is, well. 
<laughs> Mate, that is amazing. That is absolutely, that must be quite a, that must be a humbling thing, right? To have somebody that, that, you, that you're across the world, 3 a.m. in the morning, knows your music inside out. That must be amazing. From something that came from you, that somebody else is playing back to you. Wow, that must be incredible. Sure, sure man. I mean, it's, it's really special. I'm just grateful for anyone who you know wants to spend time, you know, with my music. But you know, I, I, it's because I remember what it was like, you know, when I was being inspired by musicians when I was younger, right? And you know, that idea of like getting really stuck into people's material. And I was sometimes I'd butt up against not having enough access to something or maybe it was a bit obscure and I couldn't quite get to it so yeah the college the college is like me going look if you're interested in what I do like here it is in like the best possible way that I can produce it so if you're interested in getting an insight into the way that I think about playing the guitar the way I compose the people I've worked with and why and all of that stuff it's like it's all there kind of you know on a plate so yeah it's been fun and yeah for sure humbling seeing how people have responded to it Love it. Love it. If you hear growling, by the way, that isn't my stomach. That is my dog. He's underneath the desk. Um... Mate, that's totally cool. I mean, we've got our little shih tzu upstairs who's quite yappy, so you might have a few full yaps. I mean, this is the thing. It is, this is the, the reality of, you know, yeah. working from home, isn't it? And, um, you know, I'm actually self-isolating at the moment. Um, Why are you? Yeah. So, um, I, it, so you know, there's a bitter irony, right? I did my first gig, like analogue, gig um in about you know 14 15 months or whatever it was um and then on the way home from that gig i got a notification saying i needed to self-isolate and i had a gig the following day so it's just like can you believe it i've managed to get through the whole of this pandemic without needing to self-isolate for any any reason or whatever and then it comes right when gigs start again and you just think perfect there we go um but hey that's that's the situation we're all existing in at the moment yeah. it's you know it's a topsy-turvy world never a dull moment no it's it's so bizarre isn't it um was how was it going back on stage man it was so good um i have missed it more than i realized i think um it was quite an emotional experience to be honest because you know like a lot of people i've done the live streaming thing which has been great and a nice way of kind of keeping things going but it doesn't compare um in any way shape or form to that shared experience of being in a room together playing some music and actually you know feeding off the energy in the room yeah and you know i went full beans <laughs> it was like it just was sudden suddenly like oh yeah I remember this. This is um, this is why I got I, you. I got yeah. you. I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it is weird. Because you kind of forget you you build you build this skill set of knowing how to be on stage, right? And you kind of you hone it over years, and and you get very comfortable in that. And then when you, I was working it out. I think it was the longest I've ever gone without doing like a traditional gig since I started learning guitar when I was six years old, <laughs> which is kind of mad. Because I was like, even then I was like playing in school concerts or whatever it was, you know? Um, and it's been such a part of life since then in whatever format it might take. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh God, it's gone. I mean, you know, am I gonna remember this? Is it gonna be like riding a bike or am I just gonna, you know, crash and burn? I don't know, but you know, luckily it was a bit like riding a bike, a couple of little wobbles at the beginning, but then we're off. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I just can't even imagine that. I mean, I, I remember, 
I had a, well, I had not done it. I mean, I haven't played live for many, many years. Um, but I did, I did, um, when I stopped, it was put, I think the last gig was in this place called King Tut's in Glasgow. I've, I keep talking about this on all these podcasts. I keep repeating myself. I don't mean to, but, and I, and, I, and, and then I didn't gig for two years. Wow. And I did a gig, it was a friend of mine who had a festival and he asked if I'd play and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. So I went and played and it was reason, reasonably busy. Um, and I remember going out there for the first thing and it was, <laughs> it was, no matter how much you practice or how much you warm up, I mean, there's, there's, it's like, it's like being in a Mario Kart game for the first couple of songs. You're kind of like bumping into everything. <laughs> you're falling over. And then about track three, you're like, oh yeah, I can kind of remember how to do this now. Um, so I can't even imagine having, and I, and I have not done live music for so long, but I, for someone that was doing so much live music, you were playing all the time, every night. It must have just been um, so good to get back on that stage. It was lovely, mate. I love that Mario Kart analogy, by the way. It's just came to me. I think I might use just came to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Because <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the thing is with gigs and people often forget about this and it's something that I talk with students about all the time it's like you know well how do you get better at you know it, it, so I practice loads so therefore I'm going to get up on stage and gonna be good right and it's just like well there's it's two very different worlds and you know you practice at gigs in the same way you practice a piece of music on the guitar and like if you you know you get into that groove and the only way to get better at gigging is to gig you know there, there's no oh, kind of there's no uh um, shortcut to that no. um, and I think people sometimes can be a little bit disappointed when they put on all this practice and then they go up on stage or whatever and it doesn't feel you know as good as it did when they were on their own in their room but you just think you know give it give it another few gigs and you'll be flying but it is um, it is a very different headspace you know to yeah. be on stage it's a it's a wonderful headspace but it's not the same so you, no. you do need to practice it yeah I don't know if you ever did this but I used to visualize gigs if I was if I was a bit out of practice, yeah. I would get into whether well, there's a rehearsal rehearsal room or if it was just a home, and I'd get you know get my mic stand up, I'd get my gear out, and and I would I sometimes like do songs with my eyes closed, thinking about the audience, just to kind of prepare myself what it would look like because there's nothing like I know that you you played some big big audiences, but you know going out there and seeing a big audience can be like. <clears throat> You know, you yeah, yeah. back, and it is super scary, isn't it? I mean, you're kind of that oh. the first, you know, first few tracks. You are a little bit like, oh god. Yeah, no, I think that's a great thing. Like visualizing it in practice is cool, and like you know, like you say, it's the, the interesting thing as well. Is like you know, big audiences can have a bit of a shock value to them, but so can small audiences. You know, for, you play playing oh, yeah. in front of like you know an intimate folk club or something where you know you everyone is like almost like sat on one another's laps. You know that has an intensity to it as well um in a different Harder. way yeah well indeed because i mean it really is like there they are you can see the whites of their eyes and it's just it that yeah but i mean i do love those experiences but they are certainly yeah it is worth like you say visualizing it can be quite a good little technique actually nice one mm, yeah i um you mentioned earlier that you you started guitar when you were six I did. I've never actually asked you. I've never actually asked you what your sort of journey into um, the guitar and the passion for it, where it came from, and also you know when you started. But you said you started when you were six. 
yeah, started when I was six at school because the opportunity came along to learn an instrument at school. Um, and uh, a few friends and myself just thought, oh, guitar is probably the coolest option, right? Um, so we just kind of started it, not really thinking much about it. And I was the only one who stuck with it beyond like a couple of years, I think, because, you know, it's, it's pretty harsh on, you know, on the hands, for like six years old playing. I was playing classical as well. So, I mean, that was my, my kind of thing was it was pretty classical in the training, you know. Um, so it was, it was pretty full on. And it, for a few years, you know, you know, you get when I went through that, um, that process of doing the grades and, you know, I, I enjoyed it. But it wasn't until I started writing my own music when I was in my early teens, maybe like 14 or something, 15, something like that. Uh, that's when things kind of shifted from something that I enjoyed, but I enjoyed in the way that you enjoy a school subject um, to something that I felt I had a sense of ownership over. And I would come home from school and I would just time would just disappear. I would pick up the guitar and I wouldn't stop playing and just noodling ideas until, you know, my parents had to stop me. <laughs> Basically, wow. it was just, it was just that. And uh, that was it really. And that, that little spark of inspiration came from seeing um, a guitarist called Antonio Fortioni, who I think, you know, oh, yeah, very um, well. and yeah. And I, I saw um, him play a, a gig back at that kind of crucial time when you're, you know, you're like a sponge and there's all of this new stuff. And I saw him play and I was like, oh man, that's what an acoustic guitar can do. Mm. Holy moly. I want to do a little bit of that. So that was kind of the spark of it. And hearing all those diverse sounds and influences from all around the world, I was mm. like, okay, there we go. That's um, something I want to explore. And then, you know, that was, that was the start of that whole journey, really, to be honest. What a player. Oh, dude. I mean, I mean Antonio, I've, I've, yeah, yeah, he's incredible. And he is, I think he's, he's so refreshing. Like whenever I work with him, I come away feeling elated because he has this kind of um, wonderful kind of almost like there's like a bit of like a childlike enthusiasm behind all the music that he does. And he doesn't stop moving when he's playing. He's got this yeah. incredible kind of like passion and behind everything he does. He has a very artistic approach, you know, even though what he does is extremely technical and like you know he's, he's an incredible virtuoso on the guitar it's like that doesn't really matter it's like the the music that he's creating just you can see it comes from comes from the heart and it comes from something that is uniquely him which has been you know a wonderful influence and i found it incredibly inspiring um and i'm actually working with him at the moment on a project of no, building this big kind of anthology of his solo guitar works i'm helping him on the transcriptions and getting everything arranged into lovely, neat little kind of solo guitar kind of packages. And, you know, that's a, a you know, bit of a dream come true, to be honest. Yeah, like I that, can that, imagine. Um, that 14, 15 year old guy was like, oh, that's cool. And now I'm, now I'm kind of like just living and breathing his music, trying to just get it on the page. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fun project. Yeah. But that's how I would describe you. Uh, that, honestly, that, that you, when you play, um, I, I always, I've, I've said this before, um, I always thought that there was a sort of a blend between um, Antonio and also Clive in your playing. There's like a kind of, but yet it's you, you're, you're, you're so passionate um, when you play that 
just knowing your your personality i can hear it through the pieces that you compose um well that's lovely to hear man i appreciate it and and the energy that you um because you're right that's that's one thing about antonio that i think is um so i'm trying to think the right word um when he plays he kind of glows you know Mm. he's so he's so it's almost like he's not there you know he's so intertwined in what he's doing um and you have that same thing right if if seeing you do big gigs seeing you do workshops seeing you do um teenage sessions with us with i don't know 10 or 15 people in the room when you're playing you're you're kind of not there you're just in you're in your piece of music and you can even see and you can also see it on your all of the videos you put out at the moment mm. um oh that's cool man and it, and it's it's yeah it's um i think that's it, you kind of fall it from from a punter's point of view that's what you want from an artist otherwise you you want to you want to kind of fall into what they're doing as well you want to you want to disappear yeah. from your day to day you know yeah, it's, not think, the, right. it's not just the music that you're listening to. You want to, when you sing live music, you want to fall into what, where, they, where they're going. Yeah, and that's exactly what kind of I was experiencing when I first saw Antonio and all the times I've seen him since. And Clive, as you mentioned, is a, another big influence of mine and exactly the same thing. It's that thing where, as, as an audience member, you're so captivated that, you know, time doesn't exist or whatever. You just, you're just absolutely in the zone. And that's a lovely thing. And it certainly influenced me as a, you know, as an audience member and trying to bring that kind of quality, trying my best to try and bring it into my own performances. Because, you know, as I, I you know, imagine what it's like being in the audience. I know what it's like to be a fan of the acoustic guitar because I am one. <laughs> so <laughs> everything that I, that I kind of try and bring to my own music is from that point of where that kind of, you know, 14 year old me was just sat there going this is this is it <laughs> it all kind of yeah. boils down to that <laughs> yeah 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 um and so you, i just wanted to you i i love the title of your new album um miniatures where did where did you come up with that and just tell me a little bit more about that because how you've managed to launch the college and also managed to record a new album um, yeah, it's, it's pretty been impressive. Been a busy year in busy year in the end. Yeah, <laughs> After kind of like having having the having the diary wiped. I was like, oh, I've got all this time, and then suddenly you're like, where's all the time gone? Oh my goodness! Um, and so, become a dad. And become a yeah. Father. And you know the small matter of becoming a dad. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly kept me on my toes. Um, so yeah, miniatures. Uh, I suppose I got really into shorter form uh, composition to be honest, and short form composition, in a way, it was kind of a little bit inspired by what you mentioned earlier, you know, I was doing the composer series. And I just started really enjoying writing these small pieces of music that managed to try anyway, to pack a bit of a punch and create an atmosphere in a, in a very small package. And it, it, they were also inspired by other mediums as well, like short films or short stories, mm. anything that are able to create this incredible atmosphere and then just suddenly it's gone, you know, yeah. and people, people say, oh, you know, I would, I would love to hear more of that. And I was like, well, that, that's the point. That's it. It's like, it's just this little moment that you try and capture in a shorter form um, that if someone described it as like an espresso shot composition. And I quite like that kind of analogy of it. It's just this 
trying to create these atmospheres uh, in a in a maybe a shorter way than I would usually do for an album. Um, and it was a fascinating process and one I absolutely loved. But I learned a lot in dur during it. And one of the things I learned was I kind of very naively thought to myself, oh, you know, I've written all these little tunes, right? So they're going to be, you know, comparatively easy to record when it comes to it. They're only short. <laughs> You know, no, it's no, just, no, no, no. you're just going you're gonna to sit down, you know, it's only a minute and a half, two minutes, we'll bash that out, no worries. <laughs> if anything, it was more difficult <laughs> because it was like every single note seemed to carry more weight with it. And every single note had to be placed just right in order for that shorter kind of composition to really do its job. Um, so it was fascinating and I really enjoyed it as a kind of a little kind of loose concept i suppose to kind of give all the pieces um i don't know put all the pieces under a little bit of an umbrella of that concept i suppose and it gave a lovely kind of focus for the release as a whole um and you know it was um interesting to work with my good friend gerald garcia as a kind of compositional um advisor i would say um I love working with people in that process before you get in front of the microphones, just getting the shape just right. You know, I think in, in my earlier recordings, like when I first started, I was guilty of maybe getting in front of the mics maybe too early, maybe too soon. And I hadn't given pieces enough time um, to settle. I hadn't kind of fully explored all the angles, right? So working with someone like Gerald Garcia, who's a wonderful classical player and composer himself, he was able to give me that perspective, which is so, um, important when you're a soloist and you're doing everything yourself, especially in lockdown, when you kind of feel like you're in a bit of a, a bit of a bubble where mm. you don't have all, as much external influence as you usually would from friends, colleagues, other musicians, all that kind of stuff. Too much time so, with your head. Too much time. Well, yeah, and that, and that can that can be dangerous, man. You can kind yeah. of you can, you can go into this weird little uh, tunnel vision mode where you focus on one thing that might not even be important, um, and you lose you know, track of that bigger picture and having that other pair of ears to go, whoa, 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 <laughs> wait a minute, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Um, and then suddenly that tunnel vision gets exploded back open again. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, there we go. Um, and that was a, a great process. I loved it. I, I did a similar thing with um, Clive uh, for a previous album called Dragonflies, Fox and Bumblebees. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it for every, every single release, you know, going forward because I just think it's a lovely process to go for and an incredibly enjoyable one as well to be honest you know getting that a bit of feedback from someone um so yeah that's that's miniatures so 16 tracks relatively um you know short form compositions the last three are kind of collaborations where i've picked three tracks from the solos and collaborated with musicians that i know and absolutely love like zunka minen uh, has come along and done a wonderful uh, duet part on a piece called midsummer i love zunka's playing He's a lovely chap and um, it just every time I spend time with him, you know, when I've been over in Germany or whatever with him, uh, it's just the best and he's in very inspiring. So he's been on there. Inotet, the string quartet that I've worked yeah. with in the past, they're on it as well um, because those guys are just, oh, they're just so, so fun to work with, man. I mean, it's, it's like 90% laughter, 10% actual work <laughs> with those guys it's just an absolute blast and then uh, a friend of mine called todd who's a wonderful multi-instrumentalist who has a, a musical kind of 
moniker called Simple Human. He's done this incredible kind of like 16 part vocal harmony to one of my simplest pieces on the album called Arthur's Lullaby, um, which he did as a surprise for me originally. He didn't tell me he was doing it and he just sent me this recording and I was like, you know, to check this out. And I was like, whoo, <laughs> it's like wow. something that I'd never even experienced because, you know, Arthur's Lullaby is a very delicate, um, you know, sparsely textured piece. You know, it's a treble drone and a melody and that's it. Mm. And then he comes along and just, you know, fattens it up with this huge texture. And I was like, man, that is so cool. You know, and he was like, well, that was what attracted it attracted me to the idea was you had this very sparse texture that worked so well on, you know, it was working well on solo guitar, but then he just thought, well, it gives so much space for this vocal arrangement. So he did that and I was like, Todd, you the man. We're putting that on the album, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And, and is, is that Arthur's lullaby? Did you used to play that to him to, to get him to sleep? Well, that was part of the, the forward planning process before, before we arrived. I was like, right, okay. What are we going to do to help him get to sleep? Because I know that that can be a challenge. So I've read in my many parenting books. <laughs> so let's, um, let's, uh, let's write a lullaby. It's been sometimes successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and a, lot, a lot of the pieces on the album are actually inspired by, you know, that process of, you know, the, that kind of excitement and nervous anticipation surrounding kind of getting to be a dad than actually being a dad. Oh, and yeah. some, of the, some, some of the challenges that came from being a dad and, you know, having the baby in, at the peak of a pandemic, you know, that was also bizarre. Um, so there's a piece on there called Two Days in November, which I wrote in two days in November. <laughs> and that was two days when I was on my own in my house, when my wife and um, Arthur were in hospital on their own and I couldn't go and visit them because of the restrictions. Oh, God. And they had, they had come home and then, you know, they had to go back. So what was weird about that is you suddenly had this house which was full of hubbub and that kind of excitement of a, of a and that kind of craziness of a, of a new baby. And then suddenly it's gone and you're just in this silence. And I was like, mm. this just doesn't feel right. You know, it just feels odd. Um, so, you know, as it off, often happens, you know, music can be an excellent tonic. And I just thought, you know, well, let's see what the guitar can give me in this two day period when I'm on my own here. And that piece developed and was written in two days, which is quite efficient for me, to be honest with you. Some of my pieces take bloody ages, but that one came together very quickly. Um, so yeah, that. lots of lots of different influences there um, throughout the album. That's amazing. And um... Is, is your plan to, to, to well, eventually when, we, when you can, are you going to tour, tour the album? Absolutely. I mean, it was so lovely um, giving a few of the pieces a bit of an outing on the, my first gig, you know, back. Um, just getting to know them because that's also a fun thing, getting to know mm. new pieces live because they take on a whole different personality and character when they're performed. And some things can surprise you. And, you know, they develop even further. You know, I, in many respects, I've said to people that I would love to re-record my past albums because the pieces have developed so much since I recorded them purely from gigging them, you know, and just experimenting and having fun with them live that, you know, they've, you know, changed so much. And when I listen to the original album recordings, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could have put that bit in that only occurred yeah. to me 
months down the line or whatever it was. But anyway, that's that's um, that's it. So it was yeah. I'm really looking forward to gigging some of these pieces and also looking forward to kind of because a, re- a recording is a very different medium to a live show, right? Mm-hmm. And how you package a live show is something that I often you know think about and how miniatures these small tunes can actually be grouped into little suites when you're performing um so they can really take the audience on a bit of a journey throughout maybe like three or four of these miniatures in one block um which has been really fun so they become like an extended thing so all of that stuff is an exciting thing that i'm looking forward to experimenting with um further down the line oh i love that it's funny isn't it you, you when you take a there's advantages and disadvantages to uh, not gigging tracks and recording them and gigging tracks and then recording them. Yeah, you're um, so right. I would I always find that when you would go into an album, go in to record something, um, whether it be, you know, an album or, or, or just a collection of, of, of tracks, you would find that if you hadn't done any gigging with them, they were fresh. There's that, it's very creative, isn't it? You're, you're, you're learning that that piece you've written into your, you've got room to really experiment. Whereas when you've gigged them for a while, you know the bits that stick out in an audience's mind and you know the bits that you, that, that, that get um, people going. And it's and so then when you go and record a song that you've toured, um, you might be very slick with it, but at the same time, um, you know it almost a little bit too well sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 I always thought that, you know, when, it, obviously I don't have, don't have as much experience as you, but when, when going in to record, when it was a brand new song, it's like, oh my goodness me, this is, the, 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 there is just the world of options. We can do mm. anything with this. You know, it can have anything on it. We can make it whatever we want to make it. Um, whereas when you would go into record something that you've been gigging for two years, you've got that preconception in your mind of, oh, it's got to do that there. It's always oh, got to do that there. So you kind of almost like yeah, yeah. Are, are restricting yourselves. Um, yeah, you're but, totally right, I, man. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, you're totally right because I mean I think that 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 initial phase of like, like when the pieces are very malleable is a is a fun phase and it's also a fun phase to work with other people on because it is just still so open to external influence that you can kind of just play with it and you know as you rightly say once you've kind of gigged it and you know it it can become a little bit like a piece of concrete um and um you know you can restrict yourself with it so yeah i mean you're you're, you're totally right there's i think the 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 problem with this isn't it it's like it's you're never going to get the get it absolutely perfect it's like when you're recording something you're taking like a photo i always think yes what it yeah it's it's what it's what it is at that time and that's fine that's part of this process and it's fun i think to surprise people at a gig if they've listened to uh, an album recording and they think they know how the piece goes and then you kind of take it off piece yeah um i like you know i do enjoy that as well oh, yeah you know keep, and it, it's good for i think performing as well it just keeps you sparky and keeps you you know excited about playing a piece rather than it being like exactly the same thing yeah. over and over again it's like well antonio's a good example i don't think he ever plays the same piece same time, <laughs> no you know. no um <laughs> it's funny and, we, we, you know, it's wonderful 
you were waiting when you would go back have you found this where you haven't played a piece for a while and someone may in the audience may shout something out to you or, or you may say does anybody want i mean i've seen you do that before does it, what does anybody, any track anybody wants me to play and and then someone says it to you and first you're thinking oh gosh how does that go? <laughs> uh and you're kind of like seeing them in the eyes doing this um and then sorry that's my dog scratching me <laughs> um, and um and then, and then when you play it, it, it just feels completely brand new and different. And then you're like, it's, it's like that riding the bike thing. It's like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember this yeah. bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's an exciting thing. And I, that thing about asking people, you know, for, you know, <laughs> is there a particular tune that you want? The, the problem that I have with that is quite often my audience um, consists of, you know, guitar fans and they, they tend to just throw at me you know the, the hardest ones <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and i'm just like you just want to watch me sweat i mean this is the thing you just want to watch me sweat That's <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't you want want a nice delicate gentle waltz or something you want me to go hell for leather saying the fastest thing that i can play <laughs> so yeah i've got to be a bit careful with that <laughs> <laughs> so um what would you say then you talked about your process earlier and i don't want to keep you too 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 much longer but what would you say is your the process to recording i mean is is it that you used to talk about two two days in november or two nights two days in november yeah um that you it took you two days but you mentioned it sometimes gonna take you a lot longer i've seen you compose things very very quickly what 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 makes you say oh that's really good or oh that's just a filler oh that that that's mm -hmm. that that that's just me kind of going on a very beautiful noodle versus this is really good and i can i can see a composition out of this how do you how yeah. do you approach that yeah I mean, it's a good question because it, it, there's no um set formula I, I think the thing that has to do to me and it's something that i talk with my, my students if they're interested in composing is you know it doesn't make you feel something you know that's the thing that kind of really gets to me if i'm right if i'm playing around on the guitar if i'm experimenting with a composition it's actually kind of making me feel some form of emotional connection to what i'm playing then you think ah there's something in that rather than it just being you know, like you say just a bit of a noodle or something which feels a little bit flatter um and my process from there you know depends on the piece but i, I will so often just record anything and everything just little voice notes on my phone and I will listen and I will listen and I will listen to those things and I do quite a lot of the actual kind of thinking about where things will go like in my head without the guitar in my hands because I just find that you know the guitar is a wonderful thing an incredibly inspiring thing um, but it can often you know lead you down the guitar-y route um, mm. if that makes sense. So what, yeah. what you end up doing is you write a piece of music led maybe a little bit too much by the guitar. And what I mean by that is maybe as a player, you have certain comfort zones or certain things that you will go back to um, time and time again, because you're a guitarist rather than a composer. And by putting the guitar down and just listening and just thinking, well, where do I, where does it feel like it wants to go? I'm not even playing the guitar here, just listen, okay, well, maybe the melody wants to go up there. Maybe that's something that I wouldn't necessarily have considered if I was actually physically playing the instrument, because actually the note that I would, you know, think it might want to go to is just the one that was nice and comfortable under my fingers, <laughs> right? yeah. r r rather than the one that actually musically makes most sense or, you know, guides the composition in the right way. 
so there's a lot of listening involved um and there's a lot of putting the guitar down involved and then there's a lot of picking the guitar back up again and just seeing if those ideas merge um and you know i think if if um you can listen to your stuff that was a big thing for me because when i first started writing um i didn't really listen to my work much i just played it and then when i first re recorded and i listened to it back and i was like huh i don't really like this very much <laughs> it's like, I, I like i like playing it but i don't really like listening to it and that's weird because it should be something that at least i at least enjoy a bit otherwise you know who else is going to enjoy it so um that was a bit of a revelation for me and I, i've since then i've always kind of used that sense of space from the instrument and just being a listener for a bit can be such a helpful thing when you're writing music and it can just push you out of those little guitar comfort zones it can push you out of doing the thing that maybe first comes to you because you're a player maybe it's a maybe it's a fingerstyle pattern that you do all the time and you think oh you know mm. I'll put that in there because it's just there it's like well well let's pull that apart a bit what what else can you do because the guitar is such an incredible instrument in its kind of versatility and its kind of tonal breadth and everything else that um i quite like kind of pushing those ideas a bit more and putting on various hats in the process so you can put on the guitarist hat you need to be able to play it obviously you put on the composer hat and take a step back at that bigger picture of what is this piece of music trying to do and are you achieving that and then there's a little bit of even like arranging it's like um I remember you mentioning in the Adam Miller thing about Clive and how he kind of will, you know, do that crazy thing of like writing it almost like on the piano and then notating it and then yeah. putting it on the guitar. Yeah. And that's cool. You know, it's a it's a full on process and you have to have a particular skill set that apparently only Clive has <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, <laughs> the man's an alien, I think. But um, <laughs> the uh, the you know, the, the concept behind that, I think, is pretty solid and um, you know, you're thinking about your guitars and arranging. Like one thing that I love doing is once you've written an idea, let's say you've written an idea with a basic kind of A minor um, open position chord to a C, and you think, oh, okay, there's something in that. Like, how many other places can you play that on the guitar? You know, just pull it all apart and just go, okay, well, I can put the A minor here, I can put the C here, I can revoice it, I can um, put the melody, flip it into the bass. I can do. There's so much you can do with like the simplest idea and that's something that i love exploring when i'm composing as i don't like leaving any stone unturned you know so i just make sure that i've got everything there you know i've got all of the ideas laid out in front of me like a big artist palette if you like and then you just think okay well now i can start picking and choosing which ones actually make sense and work in this piece of music that's yeah oh, i love that i absolutely love that i i i, I... As you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, how amazing it would be to be to put on like a <laughs> a superstars concert somewhere in the world with you, Adam, Clive, um, you know, just a whole bunch of phenomenal Antonio musicians just all in a room um, talking about their pieces and playing them and, and, and their approach. Because I just think that, you know, that's, that was something that I I just love about those workshops we used to do together. Oh man, they were so great. Those evenings where you would, you know, we would have, you know, it would be a very intimate, you know, evening of fifteen, you know, twenty old people, and 
every single person in that room didn't move. I mean, they just were just glued and just eyes closed, listening to the music. And you would talk about the pieces and you would explain everything you just said to me then. Um, Cause it's inspiring to hear that it, 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 it really is. Um, and you're right. This is, it's a, it's, it's an amazing instrument, the guitar. It's there's so much more than just, it's so much more than just an instrument. It, it, yeah. It's an identity, it's an identity. It's um, um, a communicator. It's a community driver. I mean, it's just, I, that's why I, I like yourself obsessed with them. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, man. Absolutely. No, they are very special things. And I've, you know, been very fortunate to play a lot of very, very, very good ones, uh, you know, mo mostly thanks to yourself, you know, with, um, you know, all the, you know, I, those sessions, you know, when I turn up and you're like, right, you know, here's a selection of guitars. Are you, you going to be okay to record all of these? And I was like, yes, Ben, I'm going to have a lovely day. All right. <laughs> Not a bad was, way to spend it. Yeah. There, there was one, there was one day in particular, because don't you mean, you're, you're being too kind now, because there were a couple of days where it was brutal. And I was like, I was like, Right, well, we've got 39 avians you've got to get through here, mate. And you'd be like, that's okay. One or two pieces. Just just the one or two. Um, but, when, <laughs> but there was that one time where I think we had like, I don't know, it was two costals. It was like a seamy. It was a sands. It was green. Yeah. It was, and it was just one It was mega session. And, and you literally like, okay, I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> It was an it was just so good though, man. Because like I mean, they all have such different personalities, and just they do. They do. The, the problem with me is that you know you'll you'll sit down, you you're there to do a job, you're there to record guitars, and I'll just end up between takes, exhausting myself by just noodling <laughs> and you know just getting inspired by the guitars, and just think, oh god, you know, just, you know, making life hard for myself in a way. Because you know, once you play one of those guitars, it's not easy to put it down straight away. You know, you want to kind of have a bit more time with it. <laughs> Do you know what I loved about the beginning of this podcast was my daughter comes running in and says, Daddy, you got to put on, she's obsessed with this TV show on Disney Plus called Bluey, which is absolutely hysterical. If, if you have Disney Plus, I suggest you watch Bluey. All right. <laughs> and, um, and so, I, and I had my, my headphones in and I was next door getting, getting, getting bluey on, on the TV. And um, I just suddenly thought, I thought to myself, I wonder if he's going to pick up the guitar. Cause I could hear the rustling, I'd hear the, you know, oh, the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly I started hearing the, doo -doo -doo. I was like, yes, I knew, I just thought cool. I want how long. And you, it was about two minutes before you picked the guitar. Yeah. Up. It's never, it's never far away from me, my trusty, trusty sounds. I mean, I, now I'm self-isolating, oh. um, but, and as a result, my, my home studio is no longer at home. I've had to kind of migrate it. So I've only just got, you know, a very, very basic setup. But, you, you know, you don't really, you don't really need much more than, you know. A sound. Of these. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be okay, aren't you? You're going to um, be all right. You're going to be. And, okay. you know, this one, you know, I, you know, I won't play too much. I won't really play because it's just I've got this rubbish mic on my headphones at the moment. <laughs> I'm not in front of really nice mics. But, um, you know, it, people don't have to look hard to see many recordings of it. No. Um, no. And, um you know, I used it on the album, you know, th you know, for so many tunes throughout because it's just, it's been a a lovely thing to have over the last, I don't know, how, I can't remember how long I've had it, now, a couple of years, um, I think oh, I've had yeah. it, and it's just, yeah. it's just develops and, and become this, yeah, I've just got to know it inside out and uh, 
me and it have got a pretty decent working relationship now we understand ourselves understand one another very well that was <laughs> so such it's been a, a, it's that, been a joy yeah that was such a beautiful um a beautiful thing to watch on the sidelines i mean not only not only the birth of of your signature model which we are very proud to have said that we've um we've had a number of customers order those oh, guitars man, awesome. which is very very cool um but also just that there was this this it was probably what, 2018 it would have been around 2018 because the year that my son was born um the dugster and <laughs> uh but there's a very beautiful relationship that you could see forming between you and Tom. And it, it, it has just been such a foundation for the both of you in your careers. And, and it's, and it's, it's been, it's been, a, and he's, and I still love the fact that he sends you guitars throughout this pandemic. He's been sending you guitars to demo and, oh, yeah. you know, and that is just awesome. Oh yeah. He's a great, he's a great man. I'm very, very fond of Tom. He really is a great yeah, guy. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a dear friend and he's, a, you know, an inspiring chap. And I, it's nice yeah. to work with, you know, when you work closely with someone who's really pushing their craft, it kind of, it's infectious, right? Mm. And it start, you know, you kind of, you build one another up in that way. And, um, you know, we've gone on such lovely adventures um, together, you know, around the world, really. Um, and you know built up this friendship which is fed into the work that we do together and it's just it's just lovely and i that whole way that tom works as a, as a luthier has been inspiring to me and it even fed into another project that i've been working on this year which i've called commissions where i will kind of like compose something for someone you know in, in that way and, and in not a dissimilar way how a luthier would you know discuss a guitar spec with a client and trying to get know get to know their needs and wants it, i love that process i really love mm. that design process and tom and i have had many a inebriated conversation about <laughs> design and how you know all of these kind of elements can feed into it and i've oh, I've, I've loved that and i really wanted to bring it into the composition process i love composing for, to brief i love composing being you know given something to work with whether it be a guitar in your you know in the case of the composer series whether it's a, a photograph whether it's a story whether it's a a person whatever it is you know that focus point can be a wonderful thing and i think that's definitely come from working with tom and seeing how he works with clients and how he builds up mm -hmm. this lovely relationship with his clients that they become friends at the end of it oh yeah so it's so lovely so lovely to you know work in that way and I wanted the music thing rather than, you know, music always being about, you know, the artist away creating something and then just there it is in some kind of magic process that no one really understands. I wanted to kind of open it up a bit. So if someone's interested in having a bespoke piece of music in the way that they might have a bespoke guitar, I was like, okay, well, you know, the, the two worlds are kind of aligned and there's definite areas that can be taken from both. And yeah, Tom was, um, you know it's given me a lot of advice in that way and that's been really awesome so yeah i'm very grateful for his input and it's been fun working with him well it this has been so much fun i've got this just just i mean i could talk to you for hours i really could oh, it's mate, been likewise it's so so um well it's it's thrilling to see how well you're doing and how busy you are and how creative you are um and um 
it's a little bit sad that I haven't seen you for such a long time in face to face. So I'm so glad that we've know, got man. to do this. Totally. Yeah. And this is the thing, I, the thing about this whole Zoom podcast thing. It was so funny when lockdown happened, I said to Annie, we sat down, I was like, how, what are we going to do? We're going to have, we have to think of some ways to get some really good content out there and just like, how do we continue what we've done for so long that, that our, you know, customers love about us. Um, and we were talking on a zoom call <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> let's just press record and just do this. Um, yeah. and, and it's That's been, it's been so, it's been so great. The only thing I do have now is I just have a, a little posh mic and that's, that's, basically oh, there we go. That's good. Mate. Yeah. Well yeah. Done. Really nice one. <laughs> um, mate, congratulations on the album. Um, please, uh, we'll, we'll put this into a blog and we'll do all of the links. Um, we'll get it out on social, we'll do all of the, everything and anything that we can do to promote your incredible music and your incredible talent. Oh, thanks we, man. We'd love really to appreciate that. that. It's very kind. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that, man. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Um, and when we do finally get the opportunity to meet again in person, there will definitely be a pint or two involved and I'm just excited for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, also, big congratulations on becoming your dad. I know I said that. Thanks, times, man. But it's the best job of the world. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been incredible, actually. You know? So, yeah, I'm very, very, very happy and quite tired. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you take care and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Cheers, Ben. Lovely to see you tonight. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Guitar. For more information on the world's finest guitars, please visit our website at thenorthamericanguitar.com.